And welcome back, everyone, to another round of The Fifth Down. My name is Mitch Hill. With me, as always, is my co-host and good friend, Bennett Hughes. Bennett, how are you doing today? Could be doing a lot better, Mitch. I, uh, I won't lie. Given the events of this last weekend, it sounds like you've, uh, you've been better yourself. Yeah, I'm nursing a little bit of a cold here. I can't tell if that's just depression from losing the game or not. But uh, yeah, my voice is coming and going, so bear with me there. But um, yeah, not not great morale after losing to Wyoming to kick off the season. Yeah, not exactly how we thought our third episode would start. Not exactly how, how we drew it up. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, but hey... We're here to react uh, to the game, talk about it a little bit, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, first off, let's start off at the easy spot. Mizzou lost, and that's not good. You should never lose to Wyoming, plain and simple. Never. It, you, should, you should never lose to, with where the program is at right now, given the, the high expectations coming in, Kelly Bryant getting him off the, the, the transfer market, coming off of a bowl season, um, starters back both sides of the ball. Um, Wyoming, they've had a guy who you got to give him credit. We'll talk about it here in a little bit, but a guy who had started four college games, a team that we beat last year, 41 to 10. Um, you know, I would consider us a middle to upper tier team in the SEC. You cannot lose that game ever. No, especially we talked about it last week, getting off to a fast start. Yes, the game started fast, but the seasons under Barry Odom have started a little bit slower. So, and this is just the slowest start possible you could ask for is losing to Wyoming. Well, and, and I've never seen a game like that before. Only, only Mizzou can come out and in the first quarter look like, you know, I, I, I went to the game with my dad and I remember us turning to each other and saying, holy cow, we may hang 50-60 on these guys after the, end of the first mm-hmm. quarter. And then, Flip of the switch, game completely turned on its ear, and Wyoming punches us in the mouth. We just, you know, obviously turnovers come into play. Um, we get hit in the mouth, and in that second quarter is probably the worst quarter in the history of Missouri football. Um, putting that up next year or to to last year against South Carolina, um, mm-hmm. probably the worst quarter in the history of our program. Um, you just sit there shell shocked. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, I want to talk about the turnovers, the issues with the fumbling and everything like that. But first, I kind of want to talk about this defense. So going into the season, the defense had been talked about to be a much more improved unit. They were older, which always helps with defense. The run defense was supposed to be what was kind of a strength of this defense. And when you give up 297 yards rushing to Wyoming – that's not great. And so there's a lot of question marks on that defense going into West Virginia this week. And it, quite frankly, probably just unacceptable uh, by Mizzou standards or by anyone in the SEC for defense standards, honestly. Unacceptable. But, and and it's what's just wild about it is we were 21st in the nation last year uh, in run defense. Um, mm-hmm. And that's in the SEC going up against, you know, guys who are four or five star running backs and, guys who are playing on Sundays on offensive lines. So um, one thing that just stood out to me, you know, we come out the first couple possessions and I think it was two, three and outs, and then they got a first down on us. They obviously adjusted afterwards. And if you noticed, 
They had a lot of misdirection plays. They had a lot of jet sweeps. And what that did is it moved our safeties. It completely confused our safeties, um, you know, got them out of position. And then on you see in those two big runs, there's nobody home after the, the, the backers chambers and then the running back gets to the first level. That's, that's elementary stuff right there. I don't, mm-hmm. that's, that's where it's like Walters as the, as a defensive coach, you have to make an adjustment. What I just don't really understand is this stat that was going around after the game. Um, that when coach Odom has more than two weeks to prepare for a team so far in his Mizzou tenure, they're zero and seven. So how is that possible? I feel like that's just, you cannot be that unprepared when you have extra time to prepare for one team. Exactly. And it, it ultimately comes down, down to coaching. Um, and it's just, it's really sad. I mean, how, I don't necessarily think we overlooked Wyoming. I, I just think that second quarter just, it, it literally came out of nowhere and we didn't know how to respond and we got ourselves in too big of a hole. Um, mm-hmm. And we almost came back. I mean, credit to Kelly Bryant. Um, he played yep. his ass off, if I can say that mm-hmm. word. He played his butt off. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he had some miscues. I think pretty much every side of the ball we had miscues, but he was not the reason why we lost. Um <laughs> No, but yeah, it ultimately chalk it up to coaching, and you know, given the circumstances around this season, the fact that we just come out and lay a dud like that is is, you know, only Mizzou can do that. And then there's some talk, of course, after you lose a game like this, a lot of people are talking about is you know Barry Odom's seat and everything like that, like hot seat, which is it's a little quick and everything like that. But I tweeted this out after the game, and I stand by it. You were going into this season, all the coaching staff and everything, everyone was very comfortable where they were with job security and everything like that. And I'm not saying that this game will make someone lose their job or Odom's on the hot seat or anything like that. But all of a sudden, it's not as comfortable anymore. Your seat becomes just a titch warm because you start the season against Wyoming and you lose. And you just can't lose to a Mountain West school. Exactly. Exactly. It, it is completely depressing. And I feel like just in general, you know, you look back at Mizzou um, the last 15, 20 years, we have our best seasons when, you know, we're under the radar and the expectations aren't as high. I don't know what it is whenever the expectations are higher. That's when we typically fold. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately that comes down and is a, is a, the biggest factor is coaching. One of there's some there were some good things that came from this game. Don't get me wrong, like the loss is awful, but let's look at Kelly Bryant's game. I mean, 31 of 48, 423 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. I think the only he had a fumble as well. I think that interception was very bad, I thought. That was not a great play at all. Cardinal sin. Um, yeah. was, I was just gonna say yeah. Cardinal Sin um basically thrown across his body like that into traffic in the end zone. Where I was sitting, um, I had a direct view of that, and Barrett Bannister looked like he was open. I, I could see what he was doing there, where he was looking. But mm-hmm. you, you just can't do that and just throw it away. We at least get three points there. Right, and it kind of changes the entire game. Exactly. Um, weird, weird game to me here. Larry Roundtree was kind of non-existent, and I didn't understand what was going on there. There wasn't any injury or anything like that. Odom said that they had plans for Beatty. Um, 
that they thought he could do some things against this team that, you know, Larry probably couldn't. But Larry was supposed to be this featured bell cow back, one of the top returning backs in the SEC, and just he was nowhere to be found, really. 15 carries, 41 yards. That's just exactly. it's not a great average against Wyoming. 2.7 yards per carry on the ground between he and, and Beatty. Yeah, suboptimal. You would think that that would have been a strength coming into the game, um, given those mm-hmm. guys' skill sets and our, our experienced line. Um, and so that's definitely cause for concern that you're only ripping off 2.7 yards per carry against a Mountain West team. Um, not Not good moving forward. No, not at all. And I think um, some people were kind of throwing out that screenshot at the end of the game where Kelly Bryant missed Albert O, seemingly wide open next to the goal line and everything like that. But I kind of chalked that up to Kelly and Albert haven't had a ton of time together. Albert was hurt for a lot of the preseason camp and everything like that. So maybe they're not on the same page yet, which isn't great. Albert O had three catches for 72 yards. Certainly you'd like more production out out of Albert O, but... Kelly just plain and simple missed him at the end of the game there. And I'm not sure why, but I, I wonder if they're, you know, they're just not clicking yet because they haven't had a lot of time yeah. together. No, I, I completely am with you there. I, I think with Albert O, you got to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, he didn't, you know, coming off the injury last year, I, I don't think he was a, a full participant in a hundred percent of camp. Um, so still working his mm-hmm. way back there, but he's obviously first round talent in the NFL, but, um, still has some some polishing left to do. I, I think a play that that um, not not many people noticed was on that play where Kelly Bryant got absolutely rocked and fumbled. And I think that's that, that play mm-hmm. right there was the moment that Wyoming said, "Holy cow, we can play with these guys." And that's mm-hmm. where you know the game just completely changed right there. Uh, if you watch that play, Alberto did not hold his block as well as he could have. Um, so that's something just in general mm-hmm. he can get better at is blocking. Um, and then also the offensive pass interference that, that got called on him that ultimately overturned a, a touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some could say that was a flop on Wyoming. Um, I, I could definitely see, you know, right. where people are coming from there. But I guarantee you that's something that the Wyoming coaches watch him and they say, hey, this guy's physical in the end zone. If that's an opportunity, go for it. Flop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, you got to get an edge wherever you can, whenever you're seen as the lesser talented team, honestly. And I mean, credit to Wyoming. They had a game plan and they stuck to it and they just drove it down Mizzou's throat, running the ball the entire game. I mean, it's just, un- it should just be unacceptable for Mizzou's D line and their defense to look like that against Wyoming. The offense completely. had shortcomings, but you can't allow 300 yards rushing to Wyoming. You just can't. Because imagine what. Imagine what George is going to do to you running the ball now. Yeah, and and something that I think, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily quit. I mean, we almost fought our, our way back and won that game there at the end. But I think the biggest thing that that concerned me the most was our ability, our, our inability to tackle in that game. Um, mm-hmm. His tackles left and right, our physicality. That was something that last year. I truly, if you look back at the tape last year, I think there was maybe only one team the entire year that outbullied us or, or you know, you could say 100% beat us in the battle in the trenches. Um, and Wyoming, I, I mean, I, I think they beat us in, in, in mm-hmm. both facets of that game. 
and they were they put way more shots on our quarterback and our players than we did to them. Um, and coming from a, a Mountain West team, it's just concerning. And I mean, a couple things like stick out in my head, like when when Bryant got got rocked and on the fumble return, Nance's attempt to bring that guy down. I mean, so laughable, bad. laughable. He should be chewed out in the film room this this week. Um, I mean, just, just little things like that. Um, and that goes back to one coaching and two, just being fired up and ready to play. And, and something that I read also, and it goes back to coaching, um, Odom said that they really didn't tackle as much in, in camp as they, as they usually do. They, they waited until like, I, I think it was the second week to really go full on it with that, which I don't know if they're trying to, to, you know, take out injuries just limit injuries pretty much yeah. yeah but but that right there i mean it showed in the game our 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 tackling was that's some of the worst tackling i've, I've ever seen from the zoo team i think the large issue here is that you lost the way you lost and then it just kind of kills all of that positive feel good that you had about this team going into the season for right or wrong obviously the season's not over you could still very well Go eleven and one, ten and two, nine and three, but that's just not—that's not how you want to start a season because you're at the home openers this week against West Virginia, which we'll talk about a little bit at the end of the podcast. But um, you're just kind of killing all momentum you had around the program before it even before the season even started, pretty much. Exactly. It just just completely took took the air. Um the air out of the stadium, the, the, you know, there's just no wind in our sails. Um, yeah, just, just tough. And what, what's something that I was, was thinking about too, is with the impending NCAA sanctions, you, what you just hope doesn't happen is, and I don't think it would, but it's, you have to think about it and go there. If they do in fact take away our ability to go to a bowl game, you know, the possibility of certain guys just, just mm-hmm. quitting and, and the morale of the team just in general. Um, obviously, that's that's down a black hole, but something that can be cause for concern. Now, like, like we just said, the season's not over and everything like that, but you're going to have to get some people back already. Um, some people probably have already checked out a little bit on the season, like, eh, lost to Wyoming, same, same story, different year and everything like that. I realistically think that to get the casual fan back and invested again, you have to come out and just throttle West Virginia. I think so. I, I, I'm definitely with you. Um, get people back on board. I, I, I'm not expecting a sellout mm-hmm. now. Um, I feel like the buzz, the shine is worn off. Uh, but that, hey, that would definitely be a step in the, mm-hmm. in the right direction. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think overall um, we're on the same page here. We've, 15 minutes into this podcast. And I think we are just both just disappointed, really. I mean, you're, I was, you can be a mad, angry fan and everything like that. But at this point, it's just disappointment. It's like, come on, there's, this is not how you wanted this season to start at all. It's a huge road bump, an unnecessary road bump. And, and I've been, I've been an adamant Odom supporter. And there's been times where, especially last season, like the South Carolina game and the Kentucky game, those are games where definitely my faith in him was was definitely um, you know questioned there. Um, but this is like the first time where I've really been like, holy cow! Um, I, I have confidence in him in the future, but there's definitely red flags that are being mm-hmm. raised, and 
and the fact that that people are talking about him being on the hot seat, it's it's starting to become more intense. Right, and I I mean I just think that um, Ryan Walters and Odom are going to have a nice long chat this week and kind of see what went wrong and hopefully get that thing fixed on defense because Odom's a defensive guy, and I can guarantee he does not like seeing that those defensive miscues at all. I mean they just they didn't even touch um, anyone behind the line of scrimmage, but pretty much. That's just what's what's the head scratcher is Odom is is the defensive mind and when he was actually in charge of our defense we were we we're top twenty five consistently and now that he's at the helm it's it's just a different story mm-hmm. so yeah so I mean that's that's kind of the review on that game and everything like that it's just disappointment what we're just so we don't end on just completely negative about that game um, and before we start looking at some other games for next week what's um. What's something you were pleased with at at during that game and after the game? I would say, I mean, like I said, we didn't quit. Um, I don't think any Missouri team, just in history, I, you know, we're we're not one to quit. Um, you know, when we have the ability to go to a bowl game, um, but I would just say in general, Kelly Bryant was as advertised. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned he had the the fumble and then the interception, but he was definitely not rattled. He came back through for 423 yards. That was second most in the country this last week. Um, and just led a couple really long drives that, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not concerned about our ability to put up points against teams this year now. Right. Um, but it's just, the question is, are we going to be able to stop anybody? Yeah. Um, and, and a stat that, that really stood out to me too was, he had 17 throws that led to first down. Um, Drew Locke only did that twice in his career. Um, so I, that's definitely just his play in general. Um, I thought, I thought was, was very, uh, is, is positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say Kelly Bryant is who is the, the shining moment from the game. I mean, yes, he had two bad miscues, a fumble and an interception, but like you said, he didn't get rattled. That's what I like the most about Kelly in that game is that something bad happened and he was right back in the next series and you couldn't even tell short memory is a good thing yeah. to have as a quarterback sometimes. And in that play where he chased down, I believe it was Halliburton yes. um, on, on round trees fumble. Uh, that just shows his heart right there. I mean, he chased down a DB like 90 yards down the field. And although he did get the horse collar, I mean, that he, that guy could easily, taking it to the house and he could have let up at like the 50. I mean, yes, you ended up giving up three points that you didn't need to give up there, but you could have given up a seven. So, I mean, yeah. And he's a quarterback. I mean, they're not really the best tacklers in the world. So a horse collar is going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, Kelly's the kind of the shiny moment from that game. And um, there were some good things. There were some bad things, but Mizzou's got a lot of soul searching to do, I think after that week one. And, get back on track against West Virginia and you can still write this season. It's just a um, little less room for air, I would say. You know, in, in thinking glass half full, um, as, as bad as that was, it, it could be good to, to get a game like that out of the way um, early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To I mean, I like it out of the way. Yeah. And, and learn from it. It's in the past um, and move on. We're on to West Virginia. I like that. Um, so, like we've said in previous episodes, something we're going to be doing is after we kind of review the game and react to it, you get our reaction and everything. We're going to pick some games from across um, college football 
and a couple NFL games here and there and everything. And then we'll pit, finish each podcast with the Mizzou pick. And then um, we're going to say who our player of the week is going to be, who we think it should be and everything like that. So um, just whip around the uh, college football for a little bit. Um, Army and Michigan. Michigan's a 23 and a half point favorite. Do you think uh, Army has any shot at this game? I do. Um, I really do. Uh, I, I My pick in this game would be Michigan, but Army's not going to be intimidated. Um, they've got a great team this year. Some people even had them project them to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, and if you remember last year, they, they should have beaten OU on the road. Kyler Murray had like a third and 30 that he somehow picked up, and they went down and scored like in the final seconds of the game to somehow salvage that game against Army. But that is, that's a very intriguing game. I, I picked Michigan, um, but I, I think Army definitely has a chance. Yeah, I like Michigan too. But like you said, Army's not a team that's going to ever quit. So, yeah, you got to be ready for them. So, And um, trust us, as Mizzou fans, we all saw you got to be ready for every team that's on your schedule or else you can end up losing to Wyoming. Um, next one, Vandy at Purdue. Vandy looked okay against Georgia, I thought. I I didn't get the opportunity to, uh, right. to watch that game. Um, I was keeled over in my, my hotel room nursing that off mm-hmm. uh, there in Laramie. But um, looked at the stats, and yeah, they, they did okay. Um, Purdue coming off a, a similar type loss to us. Um, if you want to feel better as a Mizzou fan, go check out the highlights of their loss at Nevada. I believe they were up 17, and Nevada came back and won in the final seconds. Um I would say that uh, Purdue is going to – they're going to be angry and pissed off after last week, and they'll somehow pull that out. I'm going I'm going opposite there. I know Purdue's the favorite and everything, but I think Vandy will – I think Vandy will go into West Lafayette and win. I don't know why. I just think they will, and that would be really fun for Vandy. So we'll go with that. Be good for the conference for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, SEC outside the top six teams had a rough week last, uh, last week. Um. Some would call this the game of the week, but there's another one that's uh, where college game day is going to. But A&M at Clemson. Clemson's a 17.5-point favorite. A&M has a brutal schedule. But what do you think? I mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't look all that great. No. I, you know, 17.5, that's that's an interesting line right there. Because right? I think A&M has an explosive offense. Kellen Mond, dual threat guy there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I'm going to go with Clemson in this one, but um, I think, you know, if I was a betting man, I think, I think A&M has a chance to, to cover that spread and keep it a close game. I'll tell you who looked good for Clemson last week was Etienne, yes. their running back. That guy is a freak. Yeah, he's, uh, he is good. Yes, very good. Um, next one, we have a friend or two foes Mizzou used to know well, uh, Nebraska at Colorado. 24th-ranked Nebraska after being 4-8 and eight last season, but, hey, they're ranked uh, this year um, at Colorado. So matchup of um, two old Big 12 rivals. Who are you taking on that one? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually beat them last year in Lincoln. Um, so kind of a, the rubber match there. I'm going to go Colorado. Um, I think Nebraska is still not quite there yet with Scott Frost and – I actually watched Colorado Colorado State on Friday, uh, last Friday. And if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the the wide receiver, I think it's Lavisky or Lavisca Sheenault. 
probably going to be a number, you know, first round pick in this upcoming draft. He's a stud. They got a good quarterback. Um, Sco Buffs. I, your pronunciation there was awesome because I did not want to try that name. So I was just going to let you fumble yeah. through that one. So we'll go. That was great. That was good work. Um, a team that really, really needs a win, uh, BYU at Tennessee. Tennessee lost to Georgia State, I believe. Yeah. Which, being Tennessee, that is that's definitely a worse loss than Mizzou losing to Wyoming for sure. Um, but BYU is a tough team, so Tennessee was definitely looking at being one and out going to this game, and now it's kind of you got you're going to need a win, and otherwise Tennessee is going to be looking a little rough again. There's going to be some couches burned in Knoxville <laughs> if they lose that game. Um, I saw Paul Feinbaum tweeted after that loss to Georgia State. He said. In all my years of watching Tennessee, and he said he has been watching it since he's 11, and he's, what, like 95 now. Um, he, he said that I think this is officially rock bottom for Tennessee as a program since he's been watching them. Um, so You would hope. Uh, yeah. They, they've got to win this game, right? This is like a do-or-die game for them. If they lose this, all hell is going to break loose there. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to win, but they they better. It's something to watch, that's for sure. It's um, yeah. yeah. I was happy that Tennessee lost because then it made me feel a little bit better about Missouri's loss because <laughs> yeah, it's Tennessee and they think that they're great and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um Next game we got Coastal Carolina at Kansas. Kansas um, squeaked out a win over Indiana State by seven. Um, they started off okay and then just kind of. Faded towards the end. Indiana State had a chance to win that game, but then they fumbled and Kansas got a scoop and score for a touchdown. So it's kind of how Kansas eked out a win there. You think they beat Coastal Carolina this week? I know Lawrence is a powerhouse of a home home field advantage. So, my oh yeah, there. oh yeah. I think uh, I think Vegas is a little bit generous, giving them nine and a half there. Uh, yeah, against the I think the Blue Hens of Coastal Carolina. Um, I'm going to say Les Miles pulls it out, but uh, just barely. And that might be, yeah, yeah that might be their final win of the season. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, now, this is the game of the week. This is a big one for the Definitely. SEC, I think, especially because of who it's against. LSU at Texas. LSU's a little bit of a favorite there. But this would be a great win for the SEC and LSU if they can go in into Texas. It's not on a neutral neutral site. It's at UT. And if they can get a win there, that would be a huge victory for LSU and the SEC, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go with LSU in this one. Um, they've got their defense, as always. They've got studs up and down that lineup. Um, cornerbacks that, you know, multiple guys that are expected to get drafted. And I think, for once, they actually have a really good quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Good in week one, and that's going to be a great matchup between him and Sam Ellinger. Um, I just think LSU's physicality. Um, I, I'm picking them to win. That's that's going to be a great game, though. Now, yeah, I think LSU does win this one just because I think LSU has more athletes. That's nothing against a Texas a UT team that I think can challenge for the Big Twelve, but I think LSU just has more athletes. I mean, but we could be proven wrong and it is an away game for LSU and everything like that. But I do think that LSU wins that. And that's, that'd be really big for the SEC. I mean, you, anytime you can beat the, another conference is one of their best teams is always a great thing. And I think LSU will do that for the SEC. 
Next one, we got a conference matchup. Arkansas at Ole Miss. Ole Miss coming off that loss to Memphis where it was a barn burner. It was 15-10. That game was supposed to have a lot of points. It did not, but they ended up uh, – Memphis ended up beating Ole Miss there. So Ole Miss might be in for a little bit of a rough season, but Arkansas is not great either. So Yeah, I think I saw they beat like Portland State, FCS Portland State by nice. touchdown. So, hey, they got the dub. Yeah, hey, it's, it's more than more than Mizzou can say. So, yeah, that game's kind of a toss-up to me. I think I'd take Arkansas plus the points just because I don't think anyone really wants to win that game by more than seven. So, yeah, that, if if you were a betting person, that's what I'd do, I think. This is uh, – I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. Uh, two teams that are still just trying to dig themselves out of the bottom of the SEC West. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the Hogs as well. Now, this one, the line here doesn't make a ton of sense, but it is what it is. Um, UCF at FAU at the Fighting Lane Kiffins. UCF is a 10-point t- favorite, I thought I saw, which is interesting. Obviously, these are early, and we're recording this on Monday, so it can change, but that's not a lot. That's um, Vegas is expecting that game to be a lot closer than you would think just looking at it on paper. Yeah, no, I, I saw that and, and thought the same thing. Um, I think UCF played like Florida A&M last week and just carved through them like, like butter. Uh, yep. Not really a great measuring stick there, but obviously I think they've got Brandon Winbush as their quarterback from Notre Dame. Um, so obviously dynamic quarterback there that they got in the transfer market. Um, yeah, I'm expecting UCF to win this one um, handily, but hopefully the, yeah, the fighting Lane Kiffins can – can give him a, a challenge. Yeah, FAU didn't look terrible against Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's obviously better than FAU, but so, but they 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 looked okay. I mean, they didn't get absolutely destroyed. I think, but hey, yeah, I'm taking UCF in that one. Um, next one, Stanford at USC. USC is a three point favorite. Stanford's ranked. Stanford's got, always got a good defense, so I think that one will be close. I kind of want to take Stanford in that one. Yeah, I I will go Stanford too. Um, JT Daniels, USC's quarterback, I just saw is out for the season after their first game. So um, interesting that they're still favored, especially given that Stanford is ranked. It is at USC, but uh, right, definitely definitely tough to come back from your starting quarterback, who is probably one of the better better QBs in that conference. Um, tough to come back unless you just have some Cali kid waiting in the wing that we don't know about. And they, they, you know what? They probably do. Uh, they probably do the next Barkley uh, or Liner. But USC, they're, it, it's weird, man. They've been down the last like five to ten years. Um, ever since, ever since um, Carroll left, they just haven't been able yep. to, to get back to, to where they were. Right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Stanford in that game. Um, this one is just hilarious. Bama's favored by fifty-four. Right? Yeah, over uh, New Mexico State. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think you have to take New Mexico State plus fifty four there. Just by get default. in, get in while you can. Now Monday, um, <laughs> this I mean, right? It's got to be, it's got to be the steal of week fifty four. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do have yeah, two, that's uh, but I mean, it's not like you know, this is a it's a D one program they're playing against, so. Yeah, so I think yeah, I just think that line's hilarious. Oh, Aggie. Um, before we pick them, yeah. So I yeah, I think I think Bama wins big, but I don't think they win by fifty four for whatever reason. Um, 
This is the first week of the NFL season, so the NFL season is here. So we're going to pick a couple games there. Uh, the Chiefs at Jags. Jags have Nick Foles. Chiefs obviously are coming off a AFC championship run where they lost to the Patriots who ended up winning the Super Bowl. Everyone knows that story because Tom Brady will never age. But how do you think the Chiefs start their season? I know you're a big Chiefs fan. Yeah, I um, think we're going to come out hot. Um, obviously, Nick Foles uh, presents a, a new challenge being the QB for, for Jacksonville. Um, probably a little bit of an upgrade from Bortles. Um, but yeah. picking, picking the Chiefs in this one um, outright, come out of the season hot. All right, perfect. And then um, I'm an Eagles fan, so we got Washington at Philly. I think Washington's horrible, just as simple as that. Um, yeah. Philly's favored by nine and a half. I think Philly should have a good team again this year, but I don't think Washington's very good this year. So I think Philly will win that one by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know who is who's the R words quarterback this year. I think we're doing. I think they're going with um, Case Keenum. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I think they have Case Keenum, and then Dwayne Haskins is still waiting. Gotcha. So yeah. yeah. I'm going with the Eagles as well for that reason. Yeah, I just don't trust Washington at all. No. Um, then this one, this one should be a fun one. Uh, Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago's a three-point favorite. Green Bay finally has a new coach. They finally got Aaron Rodgers, the different coach, then Mike McCarthy. So there was, this one's going to be a fun game for sure. I mean, you got Cleo Mack, Aaron Rodgers on both sides of the ball. So it could be a fun one, I think. I kind of want to take Green Bay, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I never doubt Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like – Trubisky in year two, sophomore slump, um, is yeah. is most likely going to happen. If if I could choose between between like he, Baker Mayfield, Mahomes, um, you know the sophomores who is going to have a slump, I would I would go with Trubisky. And yeah, I think yeah, Trubisky's probably going to take a step back. That was a little bit some fool's gold and all that fun stuff. Um, and then the game everyone wants to talk about and everyone wants to know our predictions. So. Before the box score will be out this later this week, they'll have a more in-depth analysis to Mizzou at West or West Virginia at Mizzou, kind of give you some stats to look at, advanced stats and everything like that. We're just going to straight pick the game. Um, Mizzou is favored by fourteen. West Virginia did not look good last week, so that's why Mizzou is favored by fourteen, even though they lost. They lost on the road, I guess, and West Virginia only won by seven. I think to I don't know, I can't remember who, but I think it was like an FCS school though. James Madison. Yeah, only there only you won go. by a touchdown. Um, and, hey, we averaged 2.7 on the ground. They averaged 1.4. See? Yeah. So, Mizzou's favored by two touchdowns as we're doing as we're talking about this right now. I think, like I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast a little bit, to kind of restore the faith in the fan base and everything like that, I think you have to come out and throttle West Virginia. So, I think Mizzou's going to cover that two touchdown. And I think it's going to be a big day for both sides of the ball. And I think Mizzou's going to be back on track after this game, but I think they have to come out and destroy them. Definitely. Um, and I, I love your optimism there. And I ultimately do yeah. think we do win this game, um, but I don't think we'll cover the spread. I, I, I just yeah. It's hard for me to, to, to just oh, no, that's saying fine. that just given how inept our defense looked this past week. <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, they it, they were not on the same page. Uh, they were running around like their heads were cut off. Um, you know, even though that West Virginia had 1.4 yards per carry against James Madison, that probably means they'll gash us. Um, so, yeah, but, for sure. But I, I think uh, I think we ultimately do win. I think it actually sets up well in our favor. 
Um, we can talk about that here in a little bit, but um, I'm going Mizzou. Don't think we'll cover though. That's fair. I think, yeah, I just am, I'm optimistic just to kind of get the, get the train rolling again and everything like that, you know, new stadium kind of, you know, restore some faith and just beat a power five team handily. I think that would be the right thing yeah. to do. Um, so this is a, so I think we have both have Mizzou. You don't have them covering. I have them covering. And then before we get out of here, uh, we're going to each pick a player each week for the Mizzou football Tigers as to who we think is going to be the highlight player or the most important player. It's a little segment we're bringing back from her back in the day when we used to do this podcast, Swiping Right, for those that are familiar with the uh, dating apps and everything. When you like someone, you swipe right on it. So, Bennett, who are you swiping right on this week? I am going to swipe right on Demarcus AC, um, cornerback for us. Um, Wyoming's game plan last week was was heavy run. Um, they knew that we had mm-hmm. good cornerbacks. They were going to keep it away from them. He was he and Christian Holmes were virtually non factors. Um, so I think they're going to be hungry to come out and make some plays this week. West Virginia is more of a passing team. Um, they've mm-hmm. got a pretty good quarterback transfer from OU, um, and so they're they're going to look to you know spread us vertically. And I think I think AC is going to come out and set the tone and um, ultimately make some plays. I am going on the other side of the ball. I am swiping right on Larry Roundtree. I think it was a lackluster debut for him last week. And I think he'll get back on track this week and Mizzou will look to control the line of scrimmage and run the ball a little more effectively. And taking Kelly Bryant is just a little bit of a cop-out. So I think Larry Roundtree is who I think is going to have a big bounce-back game. And we're going to see what everyone was talking about and what everyone was hoping for him. We're just seeing it a little week later this time around. I like that pick. Uh <laughs> Larry needs needs a nice nice bounce back for sure after last week's performance. Will you uh, will you be in attendance this I week? I will not. I will actually be at a bachelor party uh, in the Ozarks. So All right. uh, we'll okay. be tuning in obviously on my phone. Um, going to kind of be in a off the grid area, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. not going to be able to be watching it, uh, but we'll be tuning in on my phone. So maybe that Perfect. goes well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll text you updates and everything. It'll be just me droning on, I'm sure. Just super positive and not no negativity at all. Um, so that does it for this week's episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you're more than welcome to. I am at Emil underscore. Bennett, where can they find you? I am at Hughes underscore you are daddy. Um, contemplating changing my Twitter <laughs> name, Benny One Sticks. Uh, Benny One Sticks. Benny One Sticks. Um with a uh, with a tribute to to my man Larry Three Sticks, who uh, yeah. had a big bounce back game this week. All right, well, hey, if you do, I will be sure to get that out there and let everyone know. But yeah, always check RockMNation.com for the latest pieces and everything. Some good reactions, some good pieces that'll make you feel a little bit better about the loss, um, help you cope a little bit. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review to Rockham Nation wherever you get your podcast. We're back on Spotify now. We'll be rolling out more ways to find us, but. For now, you can either stream it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and as there are more ways to find us, I will be sure to tweet those out. Um, So until next time, 